Thank We're you. recording, right, Aiden? Thanks so, so much. Um, I'm going to read well, this. Yep, I'm Kate. Hi. And uh, we'll read it again. We'll do a little bit of Lectio today. Not a full-on Lectio, um, but and I'm married we'll to that guy at the back there, just to, uh, Nathan. Just to allow the text to breathe as Nate and Helen shared today. Let that text breathe into us. I grew up on Vancouver Island in Duncan, is for us today. Victoria and Nanaimo. You've probably driven through This is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. Um, I attended a Catholic school there when I was little. And now that same day, two of them were going to a um, village and, uh, called Emmaus, about seven miles from Catholic. Jerusalem. Um, they were I talking with each other about everything that had happened. Um, and as they talked and discussed these things with each other, and one of my favorite stories, that Jesus we himself came up that communion prep was the story and walked of along Road. with them. Um, but they were and kept how Jesus from met the disciples him. and they didn't recognize him. And I really loved he that story um, because. What are you discussing? And it remains one of my favorites along. because I liked the idea that they stood still. God can fool us. Their faces um, down. In a cast. sense. Um, I'm a bit difficult one to them, trick, and I Cleopas don't feel like I should say that to Lynn because him, I think she's quite a trickster. Are um, you the only one visiting but, Jerusalem uh, who does not know the things that are I also like to think that I'm quite discerning. But I love the idea that. What Jesus things? was present with the disciples, and they yes. didn't know him. Um, and I liked the About idea Jesus that God of can Nazareth, fool me in such replied. a beautiful way. He was a prophet. Um, that he can surprise Powerful us with in word and deed um, before and God that's what I really and all the people. Story. So, um, my the Catholic priests background, and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced faith. to death. Um, but my dad uh, became a follower of Jesus in a very charismatic, well, we had hoped um, that Jesus he was people the one style congregation. And was quite connected to the more, vineyard movement. So you can it is the at these very different streams of um, faith merging together in my life, the Catholic and the more sort of charismatic Pentecostal style. Some of our women um, But my parents decided together that we'd go to the Anglican they church. They went to the tomb um, this morning. And uh, then I went to an Anglican school and my mom taught at an Anglican school. They came and told us. Um, so that this building here in St. David's really reminds who had me of said that. He was alive. Um, and uh, it was then in the Anglican church that I really began to think more deeply about what I found believed it just as and the woman, really women had said, but they did not see um, Later, my parents actually decided to start a church. Um, so they he were church them, planters. And, How uh, foolish you are. It was originally going to be a vineyard, but it ended up being a non-denominational church. So later in my teenage years, I became a pastor's kid, which not you can make all kinds of assumptions about me based on that. Um, but uh, I actually really enjoyed the congregation that and my parents founded, and, um, and it continues to this day, and I love connecting there. Um, what was said also attended a Pentecostal youth group, which focused on worship and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then after high school, spent time as with they YWAM, the village ministry schools going, in England Jesus and Ireland, as if he were going Later further. in university, attended a Mennonite but Brethren Church, um, which is where I met Nate, whose heritage is, is um, Mennonite. Evening. The day um, is almost over. And ended up so being really impacted the by their focus on social justice and peace. Um, when he was at and the ended table, up being part of the pastoral him, team at that bread, church. He gave um, thanks. So he my journey with God has taken me to many different expressions and of His body, and I've loved being part of them all. Then um, their eyes were open. But sometimes it's a little embarrassing explaining my history, because <laughs> I think they people must wonder, can't you just pick something? Um, but they uh, asked each other. 
I think it's one, one of the beautiful ways that God surprised me in my journey with him is that um, these experiences with many different flavors and branches of the body of Christ have actually really prepared me for my role they got now, up and which is um, I'm going into various they churches found the across the denominational spectrum and talking about mental health and mental illness. It is true. Um, and I'm the Lord really has risen to be able and to has do appeared that, to Simon. My, my history and where God's led me has really prepared the two um, me for understanding culture and theology in a variety of, of contexts. And how Jesus was recognized um, by them. When we were looking for a church, my dad suggested that we try the vineyard. Um, he'd been connected to the Langley Vineyard um, at one this time. This is the gospel of Christ. And so we, we searched this lovely little congregation out and have loved being here so let's just um, for so many story. reasons. For me, um, the Anglican building story. and the liturgical piece um, reminds me of Catholic and Anglican um, experience, um, the freedom Nate. in worship, on, uh, and the sort of ex- embrace of, of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Both Nate and um, and the emphasis today. on the desire um, to have unity in the body of Christ is something that really speaks and, to me as well. So I've so I also gave, really appreciated uh, the diversity of this congregation of, uh, um, and of, how everyone an comes together or, uh, um, with very different backgrounds. Like and I think that that is such a wonderful ground for developing and growing in your relationship with well, God is connecting well, with people who don't have the same yeah. experience as you. So, um, um, welcome, Nate. And so I've loved connecting with you all, and thank you so <laughs> you much for welcoming us so beautifully here. Um, Aiden just had to go out, so. Thank you. Stay up. Why don't you stay up here all so, thank you so much. That's so encouraging. So, what I think we'll do is uh, I'd like to pray pray for each person after they share, just to bless them. So, we'll pray for them. 9, 10, 11, there we go. Awesome. And, um, I'm on. But so maybe welcome, we can invite Nate. the kids so first thank of you. all, um, uh, and, uh, the, as I said earlier, you guys have been such an encouragement. It's been so great to have you in the Welcome to the Vineyard. And thank you. tell us a little bit about your roots, uh, where you grew up, and your sure. growing up here. Well, Gordy, I was born at an early age, um, <laughs> like many of us. Sorry, <laughs> cheesy joke. Uh, I grew up in Ontario um, uh, in a Mennonite family, as uh, Kate mentioned, um, and I grew up on a dairy farm just outside of London, Ontario, small uh, community uh, called Naren, uh, about 300 people, and. My grandparents had moved there uh, from Kitchener-Waterloo area in 1945, then with about six families to plant a church in Naren. Uh, and they took over an old Presbyterian building, and uh, that building had been built in the 1890s or something. Wow. So I grew up in this church, um, and it was a great community. We did family camping. That was a highlight as we were gearing up for that too. Here, um, Bible school is a great time. Uh, but to be honest, when I was a kid, floor hockey was awesome there. That was kind of a, we had a gym and we had, you know, we'd just be at the door, you know, waiting uh, uh, to, to bolt to the gym when the service was over. Uh, and uh, we had some pretty intense games, but it was a great uh, community. So um, grew up there and then uh, transitioned to a Brethren Church in high school. Um, and that was a hard transition for me. I really had put down good roots and connections to this community and it took me a while to um, kind of uh, blend, I guess. Not because they, the people weren't warm and friendly, it was just, it was just hard for me. And um, yeah, it was a great, I, throughout high school, it was a great place of, 
to be and, and a great place to support the people that were uh, in uh, youth leadership there too. So, um, yeah, uh, what else could I say about growing up? Interestingly, uh, um, talking about having a diverse background as Kate did, um, grade nine or 10, I told my parents, I'm never leaving home. Much to their joy, no, I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I was fairly, uh, fairly shy, and and then, actually, by the end of high school, I went off to Saskatchewan to to Briarcrest Bible College, and I did some volunteers work in Europe, and then I went to Japan to teach English. So I kind of flipped that totally on its head uh, since, <laughs> and been fairly nomadic since then. Um, so yeah, interesting how life kind of. Uh, lead you and how uh, you change. So. so did you meet Kate at Bridal Quest or was it? Bridal Quest, ring by spring or your money back. <laughs> yeah. No, was, no, actually we met at uh, a church in Halifax oh, in Nova cool. Scotia. Huh. I was working out there and Kate was going to school and it was a uh, Mennonite uh, brethren church we met at actually. Mm. A very uh, unique community. It had a very charismatic kind of flavor to it. And that was kind of the place uh, that kind of tuned me in, uh, if I could say that, to aspects of God that I wasn't aware of before mm. and, uh, regarding uh, things of the Spirit. Um, and uh, it's not directly related to maybe to the Amelius Road story, but, but kind of it is like recognizing God in, uh, in places or in ways that I had not even considered before. Mm. So... Yeah, that was a really uh, formative place for us. A uh, very unique community, about the same size as this. Um, the majority of people were in the 20s and 30s, and uh, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was great. So you, um, Kate shared a little bit about her journey here in Vancouver with uh, uh, mental health in the church, and, mm -hmm. and uh, tell your side of it. What, what brought you to Vancouver, and mm -hmm. a little bit about your journey to us. Sure. What's, what's going on now? Yeah. Well, um, we moved across uh, the country to uh, uh, to Abbotsford originally uh, to be closer to Kate's family, and I was working with uh, Mennonite Central Committee, which is the relief and development uh, branch of the Mennonite Church, essentially. And I was working in a thrift store environment, and I, uh, I stepped away from that and got a job with the Salvation Army in the downtown east side. And so we moved into Vancouver uh, in August 2015. Mm. And yeah, as Kate was saying, we were looking for a community of faith to be a part of. And uh, Kate's father actually had mentioned to us that he knew of a vineyard uh, church in South Vancouver. Uh, this was years ago, uh, somewhere, around, uh, somewhere along Southwest Marine Drive. And, uh, and I think has connections. I've heard different stories. So I forget exactly, but different connections to this place. Um, so obviously that place didn't exist, but then we found this place about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And yeah, and we've been here since. So, awesome. Yeah. Um, and to touch on one of the things I appreciate about this place is it's a place, I think, to belong. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what your background is or capacity or ability, um, what stuff you've been through, you can be here. And that's great. I think that's the kingdom. Um, just come as you are. And 
It's probably at times it would be easier if everyone is the same to get along, but um, diversity is uh, we're united th through the Spirit, and mm -hmm. I feel that here. Yeah. And uh, to quote uh, you two, we're one, but we're not the same. Yeah. We've got to carry each other. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, so. So, yeah, that's one thing I really appreciate about this place. Good theology from Bono there. That's yeah. Good, yeah. So um, uh, uh, I want to pray for you, but Thanks. just tell us a little bit about, I didn't, I didn't prepare you for this, oh. but I hope if, if, it, if, it's, if it's not, you know, doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I, I would love, what's your passion? Hmm. What, what are you passionate about? Well, uh, it's been uh, different things at uh, different times. Um, growing up, I had wanted to uh, be involved in theater and acting and writing. Mm. And in high school, I was pretty intimidated. Uh, it wasn't cool to do that. You, mm. uh, in, in my high school, especially if you're a guy. Um, so unfortunately, I let that make my decision for me. Mm. Uh, but but in church, the church uh, I grew up in, it was a great place to explore that, and I did that. And at different times in the past, I um, I pursued it professionally and did a little bit of that in Halifax. So that was, I could say, the one thing that if I had a passion, that was that. And I've stepped away from that and I've made, it's, it's been fine. Um, but of kind of finding my way in that uh, aspect. Um, cool. I guess I could mention currently I'm working with uh, Regent College uh, doing database stuff. Um, and so, yeah, there's aspects of that that are, are, you know, like any job, good and, and some are difficult, but um, we'll see where it leads. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Nate. That's so awesome. I'd like, I'd like us to just hold his story. And uh, I don't know, Drew, I feel like I, I want you to just come and bless him. I know you've just got Hebrew characters just floating through your... Oh, no, you haven't started yet. Oh, Greek. Okay. Could you do it in Hebrew, I think? <laughs> Anybody? Yes? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, but uh, what a beautiful story. Wow. And we're so blessed to have you guys here and uh, to be part of our community. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't even think Drew shared his story yet with us yet, but I, <laughs> he shared it with me. So, <laughs> But I just, I just sensed somehow that you were to, to just pray a blessing over him. So. Yeah, come on, if, if anybody else wants to just uh, bless him. Yeah, that would be great. Family time. I just remember when, uh, just before Drew plays, uh, please, praise, uh, plays and praise. That's what Peterson says. Um, I just remember seeing you when you first came in. I, you really caught my attention, and it was because of a hunger. I just saw hunger. Just, just, I mean, he, he would fasten his eyes on me in the teaching time, and it was just like, I was kind of like, oh, God, I better deliver here. <laughs> you know? No, but it was. It was just really, it was, it was, and, and I've since talked, had conversations where, where uh, Nate has also expressed just his, his love for, yeah, just theology and, and connected with the Spirit and kind of holding all those things together. 
So I believe that there's something in that for you. I think that hunger is something that, that is, uh, God wants to fill. So, yeah. Let's just bless him. Thank you, Lord. Um, thank you for um, Nate. Thank you for bringing him here specifically and giving him a place to just be, mm -hmm. to just show up and be mm -hmm. who he is and with all his passions, worries, fears, and just bring them all here. Yeah. So, Lord, I just lift up all his, uh, not only things that he's shared today, but um, just everything that's going on in his world. Um, and Lord, I just uh, ask that you um, give him opportunities to not only connect with the passion that he spoke of today, but um, all those things that are, um, that how you wired him, how you built him, just give him opportunities, connect him to that. Um, yeah. And I just, uh, I just ask a special blessing on uh, him and Kate. Um, may they just be, uh, continue to go forward in unity yeah. and to just, um, just be a, a, just a solid just a unit and a couple, and um, just um, free to just be who they both are individually and as a couple. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah just uh, bless them, comfort them, keep them, mm -hmm. and uh, help them move move forward each and every day with you. Yeah. Just lift up all these things in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you very much. Beautiful. <laughs> awesome. So we have one more story, and this is from Helen. Uh, come on up, Helen. Let's welcome her. So are you okay to, to just speak into that, or do you want to yeah, hold it? Good, so would you like me to interview you or do you want to just share? Okay, um, so I've seen Helen here for a few months at least, maybe longer, uh, and she has a, a son named Praise that you've met. And um, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about your roots and growing up where, just the, the ground that you grew up in. <laughs> I uh, was born in Ontario. Ooh. Another one. <laughs> but we, um, so I have three brothers, um, born in Oshawa. Um, my dad's a United Church minister, and my mm. mom's from Scotland. They met there and married there. And this skirt my grandma gave my mom a long time ago because it was cold in Canada, and she thought my mom needed a skirt, which my mom needed pants, but <laughs> my grandma doesn't believe in pants. So um, anyway, uh, but I was really young when we moved out here, so I don't remember Ontario um, to Burnaby, and I grew up in Burnaby, and I live in Burnaby now. Basically, spent most of my life in Burnaby with the, some stints to Vancouver. Mm. Uh, at our church in Burnaby, Wellington Heights United Church, uh, my dad's ministry was kind of about expanding the table and also about First Nations a bit. Um, Chief Dan George was an honorary member of our congregation. Mm. Remember him coming with his beautiful long braids, wow. silver braids. Beautiful. And um, uh, there's, uh, my dad was dealing a lot with racism in, in, in the community and the church and all that. Um, and he made a point of welcoming people and reaching out to people who were uh, Fijian, Korean, uh, Indian, Pakistani. 
and I guess I kind of inherited that. Most of my friends are not oh. white. <laughs> um, um, yeah, my mom was a teacher in Burnaby. Yeah, and, um, you know, growing up, one thing I was thinking about, um, my, my Sunday school teacher was an Irish guy who wore granny glasses and played the guitar. And basically, a lot of Sunday school was just singing songs. We sung Jeremiah was a bullfrog. I thought Jeremiah <laughs> was a bullfrog for a really long time. Um, biblical studies a little bit on the weak side. Um, but that was Sid Roberts. And he mentioned um, um, some, some, the, the Jesus freaks. And I mean, this is like way back when. I never heard them anywhere else. Until, like, the other day, really. <laughs> this, this Jesus, that sort of attracted me. The idea of hippies that was really attractive to me, and I, I grew my hair long as a kid, and I've never changed. So, um, yeah, so that was, yeah. And in, in my family, like, you know, your, 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 dad's your, your dad's a minister and all that. You have this really uptight, upright upbringing. And it's like, well, my parents are very, very solid, very solid, very reliable, very dependable, very decent and honest. Um, but they gave us a lot of freedom. We had tons of freedom, uh, probably too much freedom for our own good. Um, and uh, that can lead to problems. Uh, there's always lots. I was, grew up understanding the beauty of God, the wonder of God, the creativity of God, and the love of God. A lot less emphasis on sin and discernment and what that might look like which can cause challenges too. So. <laughs> wow, beautiful. So uh, tell us a little bit about your, your, yeah, your journey since you grew up. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you obviously are an amazing singer. We're going to hear mm -hmm. her in a few minutes. Oh. Um, but tell us a little bit about yeah, your life, you know, um, I, uh, formative. And well, my mom was a, she always liked to sing. She was a really good piano player, and she took singing lessons, and said, well, why don't you take some lessons? So I started taking singing lessons. I was not, I had to learn how to sing um, so, so I can teach how to sing because it wasn't like, a, it was a, it's like an expensive voice. <laughs> it took a lot of money to get to where it is. Um, um, and I've done music at, I uh, was a choir leader at United Church and I do some music at the Danish Lutheran Church now. I was the music at the African Methodist Episcopalian wow. Church startup, which collapsed after a year or so. Um, you know, I sang at Anglican Church downtown, and um, and I've I've been in Iona and Teze, and so I, I know, learned a lot of different traditions, a lot of different ways, uh, and I love all the whole history of church music, and I love to do all of it, and from different countries and all that, so it's always good. I always like when I can sort of contribute that, because I can bring in what I want. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, what else? Um, I'm a single mother. Uh, that's part of the mess of my life. A lot of conflict in my life. Um, you know, I, like I grew up in the United Church, and I'm still connected with the United Church. The United Church is not a United it's not united, like most things are not united. A lot of conflict there. Um, yeah. Um, mm. Well, one of the things, like, one thing that I, I appreciate about this church is that, like, you, you're very open about the fact that there's conflict and there's a need for resolution, but that um, conflict is messy, it's constant, and conflict is, it comes from our own sin, from other people's sin, from social structures that are rooted in sin. Mm -hmm. And then when you're trying to you actually get things right, what did Jesus say? I, I come not bearing peace, but a sword. And so you're going to get conflict whatever way you go. <laughs> and um, 
Like, I don't like conflict. I, I don't, I grew up, my parents are calm. My brother's lots and lots of conflict, my brother's constantly fighting. But, uh, but my parents, very calm, steady people that don't, don't, didn't have conflict and all that. And I don't like conflict. I don't want conflict, but I seem to get involved in it. Um, I've been very involved in, look, my dad also was involved in politics in Burnaby and BC, ran for the NDP, didn't get elected. But being involved in the community, intensely involved, is kind mm -hmm. of uh, sort of normal to me. I've been involved in, um, like, I have an organization that does a lot of, uh, well, we, do, we try to do something very small, um, uh, issues for family and children. Um, and also, I've been involved in Burnaby politics. I ran for uh, city council last election and for school board, the previous council. And he's standing up. <laughs> that's, that's conflict. That's a lot of conflict. And uh, it doesn't, it's not fun and it makes you feel sick and they don't like being stressed out with people. Um, but kind of stand up for up, up to it. Um, I feel called to do that, though sometimes I'm not sure if that's my call or that's me or that's God. And so it's really, uh, you know, that's what um, the Lord is a light to my path, a lamp to my feet. Yeah. It's like sometimes it's just like, it's like <laughs> it's a step-by-step -step lamp. It's yeah. not, you can't see very far at all. So um, yeah. And so really in the last i don't know number of years like a like i always uh never been a problem for me to believe in god at all and then create creation of god and all the rest of it um but then the whole thing about um if you love me keep my commandments well that was so oh what would that mean um so you end up becoming a single mom two kids they're 12 years apart and having tons of conflict being a single mom you, anybody who's a single mom, you probably know that you have a lot of conflict in your life, um, that people don't really understand what you're dealing with sort of constantly, um, can go up and down, um, and you're on your own a lot um, when you don't really want to be on your own. Um, and so you really lean heavily. I've learned to lean really, really heavily mm. on God because yeah. sometimes nobody else is there, but yeah. he's always there. Yeah. And so you learn to pray a lot, like yeah. all the time, yeah. constantly. And... Um, and go to church a lot because in the community of believers, even if they're total strangers, like I've basically gone to church every every week for my entire life, I've hardly ever missed. Uh, even if it's you're, you're not with people you know, or you're, you're traveling or something, that, that community of believers and the, mm. the praise and worship together and praying together and listening to the word, it's, it's uh, I, don't, I don't know where people, I don't know how they go through life without it. So I, yeah. so it's, it's, it's like essential for me. Um, uh, you know, on a sort of, brought me here, I guess. Um, my housemate Jordan attends this church and he'd come to church with me. And I'll go to church, the Vineyard Church and check it out. Um, when it came to the, the welcome thing and you mentioned that this church has actually evolved out of the Jesus freak thing, it's like, oh, <laughs> you're kidding, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, Just cut my hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've had Part of what I, I, I do or try to do is have hospitality plus my home is open to other people. So I have uh, usually at least one, sometimes two housemates. Try to not charge people too much rent. Try to make people feel welcome. Try to make people feel loved and cared for and have some time for them, which sometimes I don't have time for them. Um, but, um, so we came here and, and like when I hear the talk about like uh, the, the, the openness to the there's, there's conflict, so we need reconciliation, you know. Mm -hmm. And the conflict 
there's a lot of uh, wounds, right? And, and when I was in Teze, what did Brother Roger say? Roger says, as a Christ enters through the wounds. So in that process of reconciliation, if you ever even try it, that's Christ is gonna. That's where wow. He's gonna en enter in. There's no other way. Um, and in the past year, like, like people know I go to church. At least some of them do, or whatever. But people started asking. They started like turning to Christ in my life. That I mm. like like one of our housemates, uh, Sky, who's this beautiful young guy. Um, he's, He's having a lot of physical um, health issues, which is really debilitating. Um, he's you know, he starts reading the Bible. <laughs> it's like like he grew up as a Quaker, but they never read the Bible. Um, so um, he started reading the Bible. Another ex-housemate who's who's been here a couple times, um, Billy. He's Chinese. He, he started going to church and reading the Bible too. And like I wasn't telling him or asking them or anything. And then other uh, housemate, Remy. It was French. He, he started coming here. And he started, uh, yeah, turning to Christ a bit, at least somewhat. Um, people that I, uh, this kid that I tutor, his family, they want to go to church. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, <laughs> you can go to church. So that's like never happened before. Wow. But these people sort of turning and sort of, oh, I guess I got to do something about this. Yeah. So, um, so you want to expand the table, and then my my, my neighbor up the street, Rosa. <laughs> One of the wrote to Emmaus saying, "Well, another thing I want to tell you is, um, uh, in January of this year, my eldest brother died um, um, from an overdose from fentanyl. Uh, he'd been an addict for a long time, high functioning. Far he's always had a full time job, paying lots of money." Lots of you know hurt in the family about that. The day after he he died, my friend Rosa, neighbor comes over like she knew right away. I don't know how she knew. Her brother somehow knew. And Rosa's got her own mess in her life and her own messy housemates and people that live in her house and and just up the lane from me. And so there was uh, somebody that Christ showing up. Wow. Didn't maybe recognize him right off so the bat. Beautiful. Yeah, and mm. so. Others. I wrote things down, but I can't always read my writing. Um, yeah, uh, we're talking about um, yeah, the the kingdom. Like you said, this image of a bus, and on the bus there's a destination sign, right? And like said, the destination sign, it's heaven, the kingdom. And so I understand that my what are, all my assets, whatever I have, my uh, my intellect or my singing or whatever it is in my home and everything I have it's it's that's assets it's all belongs to God he's lending it to me and I want to stake out this piece of turf like I have I own a house and I we can um claim that for the kingdom and have a place of like when I, I pray the Lord's prayer a lot and I stop at the point where it says thy kingdom come thy will be done mm. so just stop there and just list all the things that that means what is the kingdom it's joy and peace and love it's mm. generosity and hospitality it's 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 reconciliation and soft heartedness it's justice and mercy mm -hmm. and forgiveness and so many everything that's beautiful um so that's the bus i want to be on it's a bus i want to give other people to and uh, wow. to my best <laughs> Wow, thank you, Helen. So beautiful. Very rich. We're so blessed that God has led you here. And we know you're still in the, 
in the journey of that, but you've already really blessed us. I think one of my Easter highlights is when you sang at the Easter vigil on Saturday night. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? So powerful. So we're going to be able to hear her in a a minute sing again uh, as we move into communion. But I'd like to just invite some people up to pray over her and to bless her. And Lynn, how do you feel about praying? Or do you have to go? Oh, you're coming. Good. In this church, I never know. (laughs) So uh, uh, just thank you so much for entrusting us with with your story. And and we've been uh, just praying for you since the news of your brother. And and, um, just so much about the the overdose crisis in our city. It's just a, it's an epidemic. And uh, uh, so we just, let's just be with her and, and just hold her story for a moment. And then, Lynn, just invite you to pray for her. Come, Lord Jesus. So, Helen, I don't know you very well, but I know you better now that you've talked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this Christian path we're on is such a journey it is not an instant thing um, so I ask that God comes and continues with you mm-hmm. step by step in your mm-hmm. journey um, through much like the poem Footprints, the famous poem mm-hmm. um, come Lord Jesus and be with Helen yeah. Clearly, you're drawing people to her. And um, I thank you, God, that she's come into our community and that she's um, learning to know us in this place and that we are learning to know her and that we will all journey together. And that I pray that an opportunity to keep walking this path, this Christian path together through our conflict, through our disagreements, um, always praying for each other, always forgiving each other, always moving on. Um, And I pray that for her now, uh, that your love and mercy be upon her in that place of constantly finding out something new about you, Lord Jesus, never knowing enough to be satisfied, always finding out more, uh, more things about ourselves in that process. Um, I ask that you bless her sons, bless her family, um, bless her, her, um, her family and with this great grief and loss mm-hmm. in this last short while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just ask that you continue to, to anoint her for um, a ministry of gentle evangelism yeah. in her area and in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And stay close, because in a minute we're going to have you sing. So you can, yeah, just maybe sit there. So I'd like somebody to go and get the children. Uh, if somebody could just let them know that we're ready for communion, we were to notify them. And just while we're waiting for them to come, uh, just want to say a couple things more about the Emmaus Road. And the first thing is that It was a conversation that Jesus showed up in. And conversations are so sacred. And I think that 
the invitation of God is to, to recognize the sacredness of conversations. And I think we take them for granted because we're such a society and we're, hey, how's it going? And, you know, and, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with small talk. I think small talk is very sacred too. But just recognizing it's, there's a beautiful, strange verse in the, in the Italian prophet, uh, Malachi. Uh, no, just teasing. I don't, I don't know if he was really Italian. I think he was Jewish. But, uh, and some people pronounce it Malachi. Uh, but it says, those who feared the Lord talked to each other. In one translation says, a lot. Spoke often. The Lord listened and, and he heard. What does that do to you to realize that every conversation you have, the Lord is listening. He's there, like Jesus with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. So Jesus, he wants us to know that he is with us in our conversations, even the difficult ones, as Helen said. Maybe especially the difficult ones. That he comes through those wounds. So persevere. Keep, keep talking. Don't stop talking. I think one of the mo saddest things is when couples in marriages stop talking. Children stop talking. People in the church stop talking. Keep talking. The second thing he said is, what are you talking about? What's on your heart? And I hear Jesus saying that this morning. That's what I felt when I asked Nate, what's your passion? What's on your heart? I hear Jesus inviting us this morning. And then he, he rebuked them for being slow. <laughs> How many know Jesus can get, get away with calling you slow? <laughs> Nobody else. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> slow to believe. It's interesting, he's not, he's not so much slow about intellect. Slow to believe, slow to understand what he... I told you over and over and over again, I'm going to rise from the dead. I was going to die. I was going to suffer. I told you. I told you and told you and told you. And you're still going, duh, right? And then this beautiful section where the disciples expanded the table they spontaneously invited Jesus. And I believe that if you and I, you know, when we talk about expanding the table, we often think centralized. We think about getting the kitchen fixed and making our church to have more volunteers and workers. And those are all good and they're important. I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. But think about your life, your home, where you live. Expanding the table there. Those, where those conversations will happen. And I hear Jesus' invitation to us that if we will do that this year, he's going to show up again and again and again. And it's going to open our eyes as we break bread together. So God, God knows we're slow. He understands that. So he has given us the breaking of bread as a tangible way for our faith when we're on our road to Emmaus and, and nothing makes sense and we have these questions and where's God? 
he gives us this. So I'm going to lead you into a little liturgy that precedes communion. And children, if you read, you're welcome to help read along with this. Just to explain that wherever the, the writing is in bold, that's for everybody together. It'll say all anyway, but just, just to... And then when there's bullets, I'd like each different ones of you to take turns reading the bulleted sentence in the reading as we go through this. And this is just a little litany that'll lead us into communion. So for lack of options, no, that's not true. Um, I'll be the leader. All right. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We give thanks for the gift of being community together, for the work of God in our hearts and for the gift of love that Christ gives us now in this meal. Let us open our hearts to God in confession for anything we need to let go of and in thanksgiving for the gifts that have been given. So let's have a moment of silence. And Lynn's been referring to this from the beginning about forgiveness. If there's things that we need to just put ourselves in a posture of grace towards someone to open our hearts. I'm not saying you have to have it all resolved before you leave this morning. But it's a posture where you say, Lord, I'm open to receiving your grace and mercy towards this person. Forgive me as I forgive others. So if it's that, if you need to search your heart, the Bible tells us to examine ourselves before communion. So take a moment to do that.